the end. Nope, I didn't. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And a part of me has I died. So I fuck okay. off. Still. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I am still taking a little bit of joy at the memory of Casey's total breakdown at the realization of where that scene was going. <laughs> No! Hated. No, 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 no! No! There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Come on, yeha! We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Howdy. And Casey. Give it up for me. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? It's October, the spoopiest time of the year, which means it is Halloween month. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Right, so we are looking for the scariest, or at least trying to be scariest, movies that we can find and failing miserably so far this month. Last week, we watched the worst movie tie-in I think I've ever seen, the Ouija film. This week, Jay, you got a suggestion from a fan. What are we watching? On this week's episode, we watch 2018's the House with a Clock in Its Walls, which is a movie adaptation of a book starring Jack Black and Kate Blanchett and the wonderful and lovely Kyle MacLachlan. Casey, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You've just gone to stay with your creepy uncle uh, in his very old house for the weekend. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not really your favorite setting. His Wi-Fi sucks, but whatever. You're yeah. going to make the best of it. So you've plopped yourself down in the living room on what looks like the comfiest chair. Uh, and unfortunately, the chair is not too happy about it. It's actually sentient and magical. So you've got about 10 seconds before this chair eats you ass first. Oh. <laughs> in the 10 seconds oh before God. it goes to town on you, sell us on this movie. The mayor of Portland plots to turn back time a la share if it weren't for these pesky kids, one of which is a full-size Jack Black head on a fetus, so thanks for that. Nine seconds. Oh, God, I almost stopped counting. That uh, out of yeah. the way. If you want a mental image of what I'm talking about, think of all of those super pro-birth signs that have, like, this is your fetus at five minutes, and it's like a tiny, fully formed baby, but it's always <laughs> slimy. Now put Jack Black's big fucking gourd on it, and that's what we got to see crawling around for yeah. 10 minutes. And I don't feel good. I don't feel good about it. No. Casey, it. before we get too far into Jack Black's creepy fetus head, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. After Lewis's parents are killed by the plot before the film starts, he's sent to live with his uncle Jonathan in Michigan. Wait, is, is this another old doll film? Thankfully, no, it's not. We mostly skipped the body horror this week. You also failed to mention that Uncle Jonathan is played by Jack fucking Black, who is an actual warlock. Mm. He's always hanging out with his BFF Florence, who's a witch, played by the possible actual witch, Kate Blanchett, who takes <laughs> zero shit from the boisterous Black. Lewis gets shipped to Michigan to live with warlock Uncle Jonathan, who lives in what some kids call the Slaughterhouse. Why? Its previous owner was the evil Isaac Izzard, who died doing an evil spell, but all the normies declared it an axe murder. Why did I just now start thinking of Eddie Izzard? <laughs> oh, I have been the whole time. I, yeah, me too. I don't. Which would have been like, I'm. 
it wasn't until I saw it there that I was like, wait, Eddie Izzard was right there the whole time. Yeah. You know, I want to complain about the waste of Kyle McLaughlin as Isaac, but we'll we'll circle back to that a little later. I don't want to circle back. I want to talk about it now. We needed more of the mayor. So Jonathan agrees to teach Lewis magic at the prodding of Florence, but of course warns him of the one ominous cabinet that must never be opened. Oh, he's going to open that bitch. See, Lewis is a nerd who wants to stop being picked last at gym class and make some friends. The school cool kid greaser, Tarby, is the one that actually ends up opening the cabinet. Lewis had invited him over to show off magic, which seems like a thing a desperate kid would probably do, and Tarby finds a book of necromancy inside. Lewis had dreams of his mother telling him to open the cabinet, so he thinks the next logical step is just try that thing out. Him and Tarby head to the local graveyard and let the book pick the grave. When Lewis successfully casts Ray's dead, Isaac pops out, and the kids do the reasonable thing, which is run the motherfucker away. Wouldn't the reasonable thing be to not do the necromancy you were instructed to by the book with a bony finger on its cover? No? Okay. Maybe. I don't know. With Isaac now back, the magic in the house begins to bend to his will. See, the joint that the kids call the slaughterhouse has a bunch of magical furniture, windows, and even animated dolls. Jonathan and Florence had been living there trying to figure out the mystery of the house. Isaac was trying to cast a spell that would rewind time to the beginning so that they could evolve the universe without humans. Don't ask why, though. They're just evil, and evil people do evil things for evil. Guess what the spell is? But are they really wrong? Because, like, humans are the only ones that conceptualize evil and the only ones that act on it. So are they wrong? Okay, it's very obvious you're not a cat owner if you say humans are the only ones that conceptualize evil. No, cats don't choose evil. They choose violence. Violence isn't inherently... The mayor's spell is a clock that they can all hear ticking in the walls. And Jay, come on. It's not like the Cinemites missed that. It's the plot and title of the fucking film. After Lewis is forgiven for doing blood magic necromancy and Isaac makes it into the house after the clock, the trio gives chase. Jonathan's incapacitated by Isaac and Lewis realizes he needs to let go of his dead parents to realize his true potential. Yeah, by way of a magic eight ball and not even the good kind of eight ball. I just, with the cocaine joke, and I remembered the every warlock's magic is unique. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do a little magic. (laughs) Right, I'm getting a Hellblazer crossover in my head here. (laughs) Lewis takes a moment to harness the magic from the reverse time machine clock and uses it to attack Isaac and his wife. Lewis is, in fact, so successful, he doesn't just murder them, but he wipes them from existence. Murder feels a little strong. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and defend it now, Casey. (laughs) Wait wait a minute, though. Wouldn't all their dis... Like, wouldn't... If they never existed, who decorated the house? Not never existed. He just... He he annihilates them. No, he's just a little kid doing a little hero's journey thing, okay? After saving the world in all of time, Lewis returns to gym class to use his powers to forcefully assault Tarby and another popular kid. (laughs) Good. <laughs> then he brags about his magic to a girl is like mm-hmm. a date. Th- oh, fuck. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. Maybe still a kind of a murderer. Yeah. You know, that kind of gave me like Sabrina yeah. the Teenage Witch vibes of like, remember when she used to beat the shit out of all of her classmates when she was on her witch rag? It was just like, hey, right. let's have a scene of where like 10 kids get beat in the face with lockers because I'm angry about something. Love it. Love that energy. It's probably why I'm not a witch. I would be so good at it. 
<laughs> so good. Yeah, I really feel like the television shows where people had magic failed to capture how I would use magic, which is mostly to, like, my convenience in life and not anything at all useful. Everything By I definition, about my convenience. Kids are sociopaths to start. You have to learn empathy. <laughs> so any child with magic is going to use. Listen, I gave my brother fucking chicken pox on purpose at seven. <laughs> I don't think giving me magic powers is a good idea at all. That's fair. Yeah. So I have a question. Okay. Yeah. So in the house with the clock in its walls, we learned that every warlock or witch's magic is unique to them in how they perform yeah. it. And yeah. Jack Black being Jack Black, his magical process consists of 3 a.m. saxophone on his front lawn. <laughs> terribly. So, terribly played. Yeah, terribly played saxophone at 3 a.m. So here's my question. How many nights a week of 3 a.m. saxophone would you endure to have Jack Black as your neighbor the rest of the week? Every night. Ooh, I assume really? he's wearing like tidy whities while he's doing this. Yeah, I'll just change my schedule. Absolutely. I would love that. Like, I love watching his weird I, shit on Instagram. Yes. Because like my first impulse is to agree with you, but also I really get the impression that Jack Black, that that's him 24-7, right? Like, Benny it's not wakes Max, me up at the- 3 a.m. to piss anyway. So if I got a like... If I got to listen to noodling while I'm waiting for my dog to find the perfect place to piss in the yard, not bad. Not bad. That's that's fair. I, I, okay, so I'm with you on my initial impression, right? I'm like, oh, that would be cool. Maybe I could adjust my schedule. But I, I think you're right, Dave. I think that he would be like that all the time and that there would be some days where I would want to go out and it just be fucking quiet right. in my yard. Yeah. I don't know. I would enjoy Jack Black as a neighbor as long as he stayed full-size Jack Black and didn't turn into that fucking nightmare baby thing that he got sucked oh. into in the end. Which Are also we already talk about this? Are yes, because if we're talking about Jack Black, I'm talking about the old HBO show he used to be on in the 90s with Kyle Gass. And there was the butt baby skit. And I got butt baby <laughs> skit vibes yeah. from when he was turned into a baby. I just like... When he gave birth to the butt baby, I wanted, now I want retroactively for them to make it a baby Jack Black with a huge Jack Black head. Mm, Make it so. So the scene in question is when Kyle MacLachlan is first firing off his clock that rewinds all of existence back. Yeah, he is. And Jack Black gets hit with some of the energy from that. And that turns Mm -hmm. him into a baby with a full-size Jack Black's head, which in the movie's universe implies that Jack Black was born with a yes. full-size Jack Black head. Obviously. Well, and that's almost more uh, heart. His poor mother. I, I didn't even think about that. What? Yeah. I hope she had no. a C-section, man. It's easier to make a bigger hole than it is to push that through an already <laughs> right. made one. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the head's like bigger than the rest of the body. Oh, yeah, yeah, wear that it's... scar with pride, sis. Listen, they look at your kid and be like, okay, good. You're good and tight down there because there's no way you can fit a full-size human head. Yeah. I mean, you can, but, it would but explain, damn. But it would explain why Jack Black's character and his father had a weird relationship and he ended up running away. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, it's because, you know, my dad didn't like that I was going to do magic. It's like, no, it's because you exploded your mother out from the bottom at birth and came out with a full beard. I would not look at my child the same way ever again either. Right? What is this horror? Right, and, and a human head is like eight pounds, right? And that's a decent-sized baby. So if you assume that th- that was like a 16-pound child that she had. Also, like, instead beard. of crying, your baby comes out and he's like, you don't always have to fuck a heart. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. Your dad didn't like you. Maybe you weren't a likable <laughs> kid, but you got better. You can't cling to a bad childhood, man. You got to outgrow it. Casey, that gives that song a whole new context because that implies that he's like giving him advice after he was watching his mom get fucked from the inside. Yeah. Okay. I said it. Another question that this is bringing (laughs) up for me. Okay. Now, I I got another question. I know babies are supposed to come out head first, but for the sake of the doctor, which orientation (laughs) is best? Oh, no, if he would have came out head first, he would have pushed him right back in. So that's why I'm saying is either he was a breech no. baby or C-section. And they're like, what the fuck? Get it out. Get it out. I will say, though, uh, Jack Black can be kind of overwhelming for a lot of films. He brings a very chaotic energy to everything yeah. he's yeah. in. He can. And he this had Jack the Black right amount times. of Jack Black. Like the, he what he didn't overwhelm other characters. He made space for other people to have a personality and be dynamic in the film, especially Kate Blanchett. And he was really understated. And I think it was just enough Jack Black. I think they did a really good I, job. I cannot believe I'm saying this because it feels really weird. But Jack Black and Kate Blanchett have some great chemistry in this yeah. film. Yes. Yeah. And I it's think like that's weird, just Kate but it Blanchett. Works. Case, I think you're onto something. I agree that Jack Black is understated in this film, and it works because we get a few strong, quirky moments of Jack Black, right? So, for example, when he's casting his spell and being ridiculous with his saxophone, or when the Lewis finds him in the basement with an axe tearing into the wall, and he is he is premium chaotic energy Jack Black. But in other times, he plays really well with Kate Blanchett. And I think Kate Blanchett chews every fucking scene she's in in this movie. And and I, I love the chemistry she has with Jack Black. I feel like if Kate Blanchett was a character in Bleach, she has such strong spiritual pressure that she can, like, chill him the fuck <laughs> out. So he'll right? match her, right? like, match her energy sort of thing. Like, it's too strong. And she's like, listen, you need to calm the fuck down. She like Ken Pachi took her patch off and she's like, chill, bro, <laughs> chill. And it all worked out really well. I think um I think they did really well together. You're right. They had really good on screen chemistry. Yeah, it's it's a little known fact, but in the Lord of the Rings, when Frodo offered Kate Blanchett the ring and everything went into like negative color effects and she was booming voice, there was no special effects. She just released her spiritual pressure. Yes. And they kept the cameras rolling. One of the best parts about the relationship between Kate Blanchett's character and Jack Black's character is they're constantly riffing off of each other and picking on each other. And it feels both savage and loving at the same time. It's the kind of yeah. kind of relationship like that we have, right? When when we pick on each other, we insult each other, but we do it in a way that's playing on it. And it it comes off brilliant in the house of the clock and its walls. 
Yeah, you've never hurt my feelings to the point where I would maybe use your toothbrush to clean my asshole and then smile when you brush your teeth later. <laughs> we, you never take it too far. And that's what I love about you. Uh, you know what I else really loved about this movie? It was the fucking house. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a slut for an old house, man. I love old houses. I I think you said that house is real and it's in Marshall. Like, I want to go it's walk through it. It's based on a real house. It's based on a real house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to walk through it. So if set. you live there, please invite me or I'm going to have to pretend to try to sell you my Kirby vacuum and get in your fucking house one way or the other. So don't make it weird. I love old houses. You can visit the house. In, in 2018, when the movie came out, they had a whole event there and- uh, oh, that's cool. They, they publicized it. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, uh, you know, it's thick. Yeah, small town Michigan really loses its mind when Hollywood gives a shit about them for a moment. So the house is, is pretty cool. I'll give you that case. I think my favorite part of the house is that it was magical and it did a bunch of cool magic shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't have to throw my back out rearranging my house. I can just be like, couch, get over there. Let me see what you look like here. <laughs> There's a scene when Lewis first gets up in the morning and he just waves at his bed and it makes himself, holy shit, do I need that? I need that I know. so badly. But then he goes to his dresser and just says plaid button-up shirt and it opens and throws it to him. And while that is a useful feature, it would also be totally wasted on me because I have only like a loose memory of what clothing I own. I'm surprised every morning. So like, how does okay. that work? Does he no, just? No, no. Like, oh, I'm gonna be like yelling like something slimming, and it's like <laughs> here's some leggings and a tunic top, bitch. Yeah. Um, you know. Dave, I would just, I would just stand over it with my coffee and be drinking, and then calling out what I want. Right? I don't need to, I don't need to necessarily be across the room. I'm not that lazy. Right? Like it's not even the like it's. The, the most exciting part of this for me is the dresser closing itself back up after I'm done. <laughs> I don't even care about getting the shirt out myself. I just want to be able to walk away and have things put themselves back right again. I am just now, okay, now I'm really excited. I want a house with a clock in its walls if it's a house that makes coffee for me. because We oh, have a, a fucking fuck coffee maker that you can yeah. set ahead of time and you still right. don't. Yeah, so you're going to get pissed off right. when you have to tell the the house, hey, make me coffee. You're like, I have to load the coffee wait. maker. I have right. to put water. Wait, yeah, no, this is just going to be like the invention of the washer and dryer where now suddenly folding clothes is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, right. you're going to find no something to bitch little, about. Right, no matter how little effort you make it, I will bitch about whatever effort remains. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Like, I yeah. love that I could be like, hey, house, I need you to dust yourself because I'm in the depression part. The anxiety is worn off. So I need you to basically do everything for two weeks. And then I'm going to yell at you in two weeks and I'm going to do everything. And hey, you thought you were the scary one in this equation. It's fucking me. They also have a magical stained glass window of like. Oh, my God, yes. Oh my God, yes, because the next time I have a neighbor mow their fucking lawn at 7 a.m. on a Sunday, I'm going to have like a giant cock show up or a middle finger <laughs> of like to show my displeasure. I would use it as that, like as a mood barometer. Yeah, the magic stained glass window doesn't show what you want it to. It has its own will and shows yeah. what it wants to. Yeah, I'll yeah, piss it off. You can negotiate it with it. Or just piss it off and emotionally manipulate the window. <laughs> that too. 
Wait, okay, are you just gonna, like, gaslight the window? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've established that if Casey had a magical house, she would be abusive towards it. Yeah. And... <laughs> And a, a spirited discussion as to what the limitations of genocide are. Have you considered you would be the evil necromancer in this house? Time Casey? out. Time out. This is coming from two men who use AI and don't say please and thank you and are dicks to the AI. So I you don't get to fucking. To I say thank you. To you it. say thank you. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit. I you do. are both fucking liars. You say thank you like twice a year. You don't say thank you every time it tells you what the fucking weather is. Um. Anyway, so I think we need to be more concerned with AI in the future than a magical fucking house because it probably runs on Satan anyway. So if I'm in a magical house, I'm probably going to hell. So might as well wee -wee, have a good time before I get there. Okay. Secondly, is Kyle McLaughlin evil? I don't know. I, I guess, let, yeah, let's talk about that. So here's another weird okay. series of words that is going to come out of my mouth. Kyle McLaughlin gives a remarkably subdued performance as the zombie necromancer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so mad they I... had him in heavy makeup. Yeah, like he's here, but he doesn't really take it to 11 at any point in the film. I agree. Kyle McLaughlin just doesn't, isn't given the right space to be, he, they almost want him to be like a vaudeville villain, but he's not over the top. He's not extravagant. He doesn't really sell me on it at any point, but he also isn't given a whole lot of lines or space to work. Yeah. He, he's almost entirely in the film via flashbacks that are voiced over by Jack Black. Uh, it's not till the very end of it that he actually gets any dialogue of his own. To be honest, I really, to call it back to earlier this month, I wanted to see him playing it like Fears from Mostly Ghostly. Right, yeah, That yeah. would have been the role for him. Rather than, like, destroying humanity, I wish he would have been focused on destroying Seattle. And <laughs> that, that really, that would have sunk, that would have literally sunk it in for me. Really just getting some cross-universe there. Okay, question. You're talking about the living house thing. Oh, it'd be great to have furniture that can move itself. Would you really want a giant topiary sphinx that is trying to murder you and or shits constantly on or around you? Old leaves. Because I don't know if you've yes. ever cleaned out the gutters, but that smell is worse than it's shit. Terrible. Sure. Yes, still. Yes. Remember, mm. Case, do you remember when I was trying to convince you to spend $350,000 on a full-sized animatronic dinosaur for our front yard? No, but go on. I just want to point out that I tried to genuinely convince you to take out a loan on that was three times more than the cost of our house to buy a life-size animatronic dinosaur for our front yard. So if you think that I wouldn't want a topiary sphinx, even though it shits on me, you're fucking out of your mind, Casey. You clearly misunderstand my poor decision-making. At that point, why don't we just get a real-life tiger and put it in a hanging cage like that Michael Douglas Chinese gambling ship movie? What the fuck was that called? Animal World? Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yeah, where it can just shit and kick litter out on you from two stories above you. You can get a real tiger for like under five grand, dude. Did you not? Oh, yeah, you didn't finish Tiger King. Yeah, they're cheap, man. They're pretty cheap. Okay. You can get one. Maybe we should explain. So Topiary Sphinx is is a, a sphinx that is made out of plants. It is a hedge sphinx, and it's animated, 
and it has a running gag that it shits on everybody, but when it shits, it just shits out old dead leaves. Yeah, which is disgusting. However, I do have a <laughs> counterpoint to this, because you're saying, yeah. like, all of this is a negative, and absolutely that is. That is that is some next-level yard work bullshit. However, some things I sometimes I get very angry at belongings in my home, and I really, really, really want to smash the shit out of them or burn them or just yeah. take a bat to them. And it would be better if those things were able to conceptualize how much danger they were in. <laughs> Oh, wow, Dave. I went the other way of like, it's kind of like Beauty and the Beast or like, oh, it's murder. You just murdered a child cup because you threw it. Maybe and now I wouldn't need Angela to Lake murder a child Murray cup if it could crying. see how close to death it was and act fucking right is the point I'm making. You are going to kill Angela Lansbury's child in front of her and then be surprised when she poisons your tea, bro? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. I can't wait till you die in this house and I get a fucking discount when I buy it from your mysterious death because they have to disclose it and take like 20 grand off the fucking house. Dave is whispering to the coffee machine like, oh, you like your fucking carafe? Maybe 100%. next time you'll have it ready on time. Smash! <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The magic house would not be good for me emotionally. Okay, who's the fucking evil whisper now, Dave? Wow. I think, listen, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and we would all turn evil in this fucking house. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. Almost immediately. But since you brought up the topiary <laughs> sphinx, it's a good segue into what I didn't realize was going to be a recurring bit on this, but it fucking is, I guess. Uh, IMDb trivias and goofs. Oh, because, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because the IMDb goofs for this movie are the pettiest shit I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. All right, go off, sis. Including... Including someone very aggressively pointing out that the topiary sphinx is not a griffin. It's yeah. not a griffin because it has the wrong head to be a griffin. But they just call it a winged lion, which could be a thing, but it, it also could be a sphinx. It's, sometimes sphinxes have more human-like faces, but it's not clear. Yeah, I was trying to Google it, and griffin kept coming up, and I was like, I think we're like two animals short of a griffin. Right. Griffins have eagle face. They're big eagle things with lion back ends. Well, right? I'm so glad I didn't head. fucking say Griffin because this person on IMDb is going to come for me and I don't want it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like that's going to be more you guys because that sounds like a fucking D&D nerd. Like, it's the wrong animal. Like, your cryptozoology oh, needs to be on yeah. point. That particular person's definitely, I, I'm not going to say definitely, that particular person is a high likelihood of being a D&D nerd. But we've also got your more classic grammar Nazi saying that the incorrect <laughs> distorted pronunciation anyways was not popular until recent decades and wouldn't have been used in 1955. Which also wow. I don't feel like it's even right because, you know, like we had greasers and they liked adding S's onto the end of everything. And cowboys so, no. and you know what I mean? Like. Male propisms have always existed. And so I just like, that's such a petty ass thing. Who gives Wait a, a minute. Fuck? Also, let me also just say that it's filmed in fucking Michigan where we add an S onto everything. everything. Right. Myers. So like Walmart's. 
we we fucking s yeah. everything. Everything's plural. So yeah, we s anyway. I say anyways. I've never said a Maybe. singular anyway. Maybe the rest of the world hadn't jumped on that bandwagon yet, but the Michiganders were all about pluralizing way the fuck back. So I, I could believe that was happening in 1955. Stay in your fucking but lane. Then over in the trivia section, we've got the one that has just absolutely sent me through the roof and is cemented why I need database access to the IMDb trivia section <laughs> so that I can find these fucking people. Because someone included the trivia that while Jack Black is walking through the house, he whistles a riff from Classico, the Tenacious D song, but they didn't fucking realize that that goddamn riff is a Bach melody that was used it's in the... It's, it's obvious in the context of the song that he's doing a classic thing from someone. <laughs> How did you not know this? It was already in the trivia section higher up from an earlier edit. You didn't even read, and it was there for... I will find you. I'm going to find this person. It is Bach and it rocks. It's a rock, Bach of block that he learned in the school of the school of hard knocks. All right, so maybe Dave is going to be arrested soon. Because I would say it's more of a Tenacious D reference because he's in Tenacious D. If he was dressed as Bach, walking around his house, it would have been a Bach reference, but he's never not Jack Black. So I, I understand how they would think it's a Tenacious D reference first of... Jack Black seems like the kind of guy that would sing his own songs walking around his house. Here's a question. Do you think it was in the script that Jack Black does that? Or do you think he just refused to not do it and they eventually yes. just <laughs> left it? Take 33. <laughs> Fuck it. Just let him have his way. It's fine. We got to move on. It's not copyrighted anyway. So it's public domain. Fuck it. Oh, That's I hope he I got paid. He's like, no, no, no. I was singing my version. I'm going to need that that royalty, <laughs> that royalty money. Good for him. Um, You know what I wanted to talk about? This shares a common trope with Mostly Ghostly of something's got to happen on one magic night. There's always that one <laughs> yeah. magic night in October where there's a full moon. And damn it, yeah. we missed it last year because it was fucking Halloween 2020 full moon on a Saturday night and no one got to do shit because we were in fucking lockdown. We didn't even do any black magic or blood magic. Was I in my period? a new moon in this one, though? This one was a yeah, new moon. Yeah, I think it was moon, the, so no it was new moon in this one. Sure, there's something with the moon and it, only on a specific day because apparently magic cares very much about our calendars. Yeah. Fuck, at this point, we could almost do a Cycles of the Moon month. Where we have a movie where everything has to happen on the night of the new moon. <laughs> a movie where everything has to happen on the full Waxing moon. Waxing crescent. We just gotta, right, we just gotta crescent. find a couple crescent moon foons. We got a whole goddamn month right there. No, that means we're going to be watching another fucking Twilight movie. New moon. <laughs> it's in the title. I can't. I've only watched the last one and that's all the context I want. What about A New Hope, which has two moons? Oh, I'm going to imprint on your baby. Ooh. Oh, no, no. That one's weird, too. It's got sister kissing. No. Um, You know, this also shares a little commonality with dolls because it does have some creepy fucking dolls in it. Creepy, a room yeah. of creepy dolls that are, like, staring at you, and then they're like, he's coming. I don't like that. Yeah, that was I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. Those were, like, that was one of my favorite jokes in the movie because the first time Jack Black sees the dolls, and they're not necessarily, like, being super creepy, but they're still animated and talking. He has a moment where he talks about how creepy it is, 
And then when he sees them all in unison, staring at him, doing the, he's coming, he calls back to how, like, that's just fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I do really enjoy Jack Black occasionally just totally breaking character to commentate <laughs> on the tone of the film. Right. We really could have used like him in The Witches. I think he could have maybe offset some of that chaotic evil energy coming from that film and the writer and just everything about it. This movie didn't seem to hate kids as much as The Witches. No. It only oh no. no, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. It just mildly it just you never go full roll down. It it just mildly disliked children. Um and we did get to see some kids get the shit beat out of them at the end, which was absolutely great like these kids were laying unconscious on a gym floor for like over 10 seconds and the teacher did nothing and i was like that yeah checks for a oh, gym a- teacher because they are checked the fuck out good for oh, them yeah. it was a very serious concussion obviously yeah, they- i mean both those kids just went out like unmoving unmoving hit the button i mean it is 1955 just- <laughs> that's true that's why we Give have so many minute, fucking serial killers off. In the 70s is because they all got their head traumas in the 50s, were killing cats in the 60s, and then just chopping bitches up in the 70s. So I'm sure the kid that won student council probably went on to be in, like, San Quentin somewhere. (laughs) There was a little childhood trauma in that uh, the movie kind of destroys some things that kids might love. For example, pumpkins. It does a sort of horror show with pumpkins. Eh, it, it it has some creepy animated pumpkins that vomit, like, pumpkin glue on Jack Black's feet to stick him to the ground. And his face, it's fucking disgusting, Dave. If that didn't, like, I was so fucking, uh, those pumpkins puking on me, I would have fucking lost my mind. See, I would have lost my mind as well, but it's not like an, oh, I'm so scared kind of lost my mind, you know? It's just no, a, it was disgust. this is really gross. Right, yeah, yeah. You would have lost your mind, Jay, because you're a sensitive boy. And anytime I have to, like, use him to help me bake and, like, form cookies, he's got to put gloves on. So, yeah, he would lose yes. his fucking mind if a I pumpkin barfs on him. Right. But you wouldn't lose yeah. your mind if a cat bush shit on you. Pumpkin no. smells way better than fucking decaying leaves. Wet decaying leaves? Ugh. Oh, they're wet. Mm. Yeah, they're wet. They're not dry, but does that mean that's what the cat eats? Therefore, does that cat clean my gutters? Because, I mean, it could clean my gutters and then go shit in the field and, like, we cool. All right. We're no Kyle McLaughlin, and we don't have all the time in the world. So, Jay, I need to know, 2018's The House with the Clock in Its Walls, would you watch it again? Uh, Kate Blanchett steals every scene that she's in. Even yes. when it's with Jack Black. And she also has a bit with a purple snake, and she loves purple, called William Snakespear, which is, like, one Pretty of my great. fucking favorite things in the movie, and I so love good. it so much. And even though her backstory is jammed in, she genuinely makes the character feel like she has some growth. Jack Black, on the other hand, he's fine in this movie. He's a bit understated. It's not necessarily his best performance, but it was a crime how underused Kyle MacLachlan is in the movie. I think that instead of trying to adapt all of the ridiculous subplots from the book, it would have been better served to focus more on the main storyline for the film. As it is, there's just too much unrealized potential and not enough wow moments to drive me back. I will not watch The House with a Clock and Its Walls again. Wow. 
Dave, what about you? 2018's The House of the Clock and Its Walls. Would you watch it again? I was really worried going into this because it's directed by Eli Roth and this is his first non-R-rated film and his first family film. And Eli Roth makes some fucked up shit. So given the theme of our month, I was real worried going into this. But overall, it's actually kind of a fun family film. Uh, Jack Black is great in pretty much everything he does. Jack, I love you. But he does a decent job in this. Kate Blanchett is just divine and holy shit do i want her magic umbrella it doesn't even have to be magic the thing's just boss on its own fair enough (laughs) i totally agree that kyle mclaughlin was underused but overall i had fun with this movie so yeah i'd watch the house of the clock and its walls again i think there's enough here i would have fun watching it again i'm just gonna fast forward through the scene where jack black is a freaky baby with a huge head and especially the part where he pees because i don't need that in my life again no. Casey, how about you? We're one in one, so it all comes down to you. The House with the Clock in Its Walls from 2018. Would you watch it again? Oh, I feel like this was the right amount of Jack Black. He shined when he needed to. He backed off when he needed to. Kate Blanchett was just fucking amazing. She's so demure all the time, even when she's riffing the shit out of Jack Black. Again, Kyle MacLachlan underused, but I feel that way with every film that he's in. I just never get enough of him. He is my cinematic heroine. But every character, minus the bad guys, had growth. You had the little boy who learned how to let go of his dead parents, even though it's only been like a month. Get over it, I guess. Um, thanks, Eli Roth. <laughs> just get fuck it. Deal with it in therapy later, okay? Um, <laughs> Jack Black kind of learns how to be a dad. He kind of grows up a bit and forgives Lewis for opening the dildo cabinet he told him to never go through. Kate Blanchett gets her groove back and does magic again, but we missed the whole thing where she went down to like the Dominican Republic and fucked the dude. But I will. I'm really waiting for that origin story. Um. But it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would watch Ooh, this again. I think this is a good kids Halloween movie. Unlike fucking mostly ghostly. I think you said you'd watch that again. I don't know if you did. I might be slandering I you. I literally. I ew. Did. You would watch that I movie did. but not this one. Yeah. You're fucking trash. Yeah. Uh, no. Don't, I would I say know. that this is a perfectly no. acceptable movie. Uh, It's fun. It has its moments. It's not perfect. But. Fuck, I would watch a lot worse movies. So, yeah, I would watch it again. And that brings us to the verdict. Two out of three of us are normal fucking people and would watch this again. (laughs) And Jay would not watch this, but watch fucking mostly ghostly that looked like it was made on an $8 budget. So, um, I guess you guys decide. But next week, we have a very special guest. We are bringing back Ashley. For spooky season, she is a horror movie fanatic. She's been to a bunch of horror cons. She'll be bringing a very special surprise next week. You'll just have to wait and see. In the meantime, follow us on social media, Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at Bad Movies Bad People, PPL, Instagram at casey.cinema, Patreon slash shittycinema or shittycinema.com. Check the show notes if you don't have that fucking memorized. If you want to help us, give us a thumbs up on Facebook, share this podcast with friends, and in the meantime, let's turn off the lights, turn back time, and get some of Kate Blanchett's cookies, if you know what I mean. Huh?